Welcome to the Grounded Magic Podcast. We're so happy that you're here. Today, I am going to interview April Tarot, my dear, dear friend, who is my partner in bringing you this podcast. We thought we'd get started with some of our first episodes by giving you a peek into each other's lives so that you could find out who we are and get to know us better before we start interviewing other people. So, It is with great joy that I introduce you to my friend, April, who has been a huge part of my growth as a human being over the past several years and who always pushes me to be my best self. And that is the reason I love her even more than her amazing personality, even more than her zest for life, even more than because she is the Zamboni of personal transformation dragging you along whether you want to go or not. I love her because I am better when I work with her and I can't wait for you to meet her. Wow, thank you, darling. You are most welcome. So my dear, I want to start by asking you the question that we ask everyone. Mm -hmm. What is magic to you? Oh, it's such a loaded question because it can go in so many different directions, right? It's like, there's like magic as a kid that's like, you know, the the impossible becoming possible or the something that you didn't think was real and all of a sudden it's real. I mean, I remember as a kid, I had a vivid imagination. Like I played with fairies and dragons and, you know, that was all magical to me and it was all, that was all exciting. And then, you know, I in, in school, I... I was very science-based because I was very good at like my left logical brain is very science-based. So then I kind of lost touch with magic and then kind of found it again. So it's like, what is magic? Magic to me is, uh, it's something that connects all of us. It's, it's, you know, we all have energy, we're all made up of energy and how do we get out of the way, all of the stuff that's in the way of us being connected to each other? And when you find that connection with other people, with nature, with, you know, your pet, it's like, that's magic. It's that, it's that deep connection without anything in the way. It's the, oh, hi. It's, but then there's more to it than that too. It's like, I feel like when you connect into that energy flow, it's like anything is possible. Like it's, it's where anything is possible and you can manifest and you can create and like there's so much to magic it's like it's it's like you know even like the illusionary magic like putting on a magic show it's still it's still kind of the same it's like taking that what seems impossible and making it possible now in the illusionary way it's actually not actually happening it's an illusion versus the re- what I consider real magic of actually making things happen in your world. So it's something I use to create the life that I want to live, that really makes my soul sing, that really um, helps me live in alignment. It's, it's what, oh, it's Elizabeth Gilbert has a beautiful book called big magic. We've talked about it in a different episode and it's like there's kind of like there's these ideas that are kind of floating around that the divine consciousness wants to bring into reality. And so for me, magic is like, how do I find those ideas and bring them into reality? So it's it's bringing, yeah, what was impossible and making it possible through actions, through my word, through my integrity, through um, 
what I say is so because I make it so. Now I'm feeling like Star Trek, but um, <laughs> make it so, right? So it's it's making the impossible possible, and that can be done in so many different ways. I remember a um, long time ago, I uh, I took Reiki, and my Reiki master talked to me about how we're all walking around the outside of this wheel. And there's a million different spokes that will take you down to the center being enlightenment, if you want to say, right? And there's no one right way, which is what I love, right? It's like, you can have magic that is, you know, in the Wiccan and in the pagan world, there's, you know, magic. There's magic in the yoga world. There's magic in the Buddhist world. It doesn't even need to be about religion. Like, I think movies are magic, right? Like, they started as an idea, and then you make them into this reality. Like, to me, that's magic. Like, like the magic of movies, you know? So it's it's like taking ideas that are ideas, who knows where they come from, and making them real. That's what magic is to me. And um, yeah, I don't care what spoke you're going down to kind of find that magic. There's many different ways of doing it. And I love exploring all the different possibilities of, of magic. What I especially like here is that you've made two points that I think are so important. The one is you use magic to transform your life. Very important. And I also love that you're very inclusive in your definition, that even though we who consider who consider ourselves magical people, we might identify as, oh, I'm pagan, or oh, I'm a witch, but not a Wiccan witch. Oh, I'm a yogi. I love that you cross those boundaries of identity and include all of them. And I think that's so important that we see each other as a wider community and see magic as accessible and available to everyone. Absolutely. And, and, and that's what I stand for. Like whatever spoke of the wheel you want to go down on to find that magic. Great. And tell me about your path because, you know, all of our paths are different and we, we find magic. We find that way to create the life that really has our world sing in different ways. Right. So yeah, I just, I love, I love exploring magic. I love exploring other people's ideas around magic. I love where science and magic overlap. I love all of that of, and all of it's in the service of up-leveling the planet. How do we all become more conscious? How do we all become more conscious of the impact we have on each other? How do we all become more change agents, which is a word you use a lot? Like, how do we all stand for each other to have a better world, to leave this world a better place than when we came into it? I mean, one of the things I love about the First Nations um, is that they talk about seven generations from now. Like every action I take, what's the impact it's going to have seven generations from now? You know, so I love, I want I want to leave it a better place for my kids, for the kids that they're going to have, like, and and those kids and those kids, and not even my own, like it doesn't need to be my own genealogy, like, like the whole planet. Like I just want the world to be a beautiful place where we all up level. And um, yeah, that's that's magic to me. <laughs> A beautiful definition and a beautiful approach. Mm. So, my dear, tell me about the different threads that make you who you are. How did you come to this place and this understanding of what magic is? Ah, oh, there's so... It's just really neat. Like, I'm, I'm turning 50 this year, right? So, it's like, I've been a big year of reflection, of looking back on where my life has been and where it's gotten me here and... 
it's just really kind of interesting to see all the different threads that make you who you are, right? So, um, so I grew up in Canada. I still live in Canada. So I'm I'm the Canadian on the team, um, and uh, you know my parents are from England, and you know they're beautiful parents who loved me, and I had a lovely upbringing. I had a very open home when it came to sexuality. So, like instead of going to the cottage on the weekends, we went to the nudist camp instead, right? So. Um, which was lovely and that I didn't grow up with any baggage around my body. Like it, it was just, there's bodies of all different shapes and sizes and I saw them all naked and that's just the way it was. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it was just a beautiful way to grow up. And my home was very sexually positive. Like my parents were always open to talking about sexuality in age appropriate ways, like nothing inappropriate at all, but like, you know, I could ask any questions at any time. Even my friends as teenagers would come to my mom to ask her questions, right? Like, because we just all talk so openly about it. So sexuality has been a big part of my life growing up because uh, because I was lucky and didn't grow up with the shame around sexuality. It was, it was a, um, so yeah, so sexuality has become a big part of my life. And um, it's been a journey that I've always, like when it wasn't working, I was like, I know this is supposed to be a beautiful part of my life. Why is it not working? Let's go to, let's go to town on that kind of thing. So sexuality has been a big part. And the reason I bring that up is because the magic that I use most often is sex magic. So it's kind of my home. It's like, um, I use the energy of sexuality, which, you know, has the ability to create life. I use that energy to create the life I want in different ways, which is really awesome and fun and neat. And yeah. So that's been a big thread of my life. Um, I've also like, I grew up very academically left-brained, it's just something that came naturally to me, like maths, physics, sciences, all were super easy for me. Like the, my left, the left logical side of my brain just understood it, grasped it. Like to the point where in university, my first year of university, taking a science degree, you know, you have to take physics and you have to take biology and, you know, you have to take something, a little bit of everything. And in the physics classes, it's like, I hardly applied myself at all when I was pulling off 95s. And it's just because that's how my brain worked and they really wanted me to go into physics. I'm like, I don't want to go into physics. It bores me. Like just because I'm good at it doesn't mean it's a place for me to go. Right. And there was no people there. And I've always been really, really fascinated with people and how they, what makes them tick and, and that sort of thing. So my left brain was like very science oriented. So when I went to university, cause I thought I was going to be a doctor, it was all science, 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 a little bit of people, because being with doctors, you have to be with people. So that's just, that was my path was I was going to be a doctor. And so I went and got a degree in science, applied to medical school, and I didn't get in. And it was the first time in my life where I didn't get what I wanted. Like, I just assumed I would go to university, I'd apply and get in. Um, now, you know, in retrospect, and as in the, with my adult brain versus my, you know, 19, 20-year-old brain, um, you know, I applied after two years of university, not a full degree. And I still got an interview, which is pretty amazing. And I didn't get in, of course, but they were telling me, keep applying. We want you just not yet. Keep growing. Like get some maturity behind you kind of. So that was a, it was a big wake up call. And it was just kind of had me look at, oh, wait a minute. I just want to be a doctor because everybody told me I'd be a good doctor. Is that actually what I want? So it kind of set me off on this journey in my early twenties of what does April really want? Like, I don't think I'd ever actually asked that question of myself of what does April want for life? And so it really kind of sent me on this journey of who am I and what do I want and what difference do I want to make and what do I agree with and who am I at my core? And so I really started early. I just got married early. Like I got married three weeks after my first, my 21st birthday because I fell in love and he was the man for me. And 
you know, my parents are still married. And so it was just, that's just the way it's going to be. And I married them and, you know, being in a, a relationship at a young age always also throws you into personal growth because now you've got to deal with somebody else's stuff as well as your own. Right. So it really started me on this journey. And I remember I was in this philosophy of medicine class and there's this guy at the back of the class who I hated. I hated him like in my core, like I was the smart, logical left brain. This is just the way it's got to be. And he was the energy guru who would wear this hat and this big long trench coat, white beard, older guy, like much older. And um, he just always kept challenging me in that class. And, and I just, I, I, every time he talked, it like grated my nerves. I just wanted him to shut up. And, you know, we're talking, it was philosophy of medicine. So we're talking about like bioethics and, you know, what would you do in this case? And what would you do in that case? And I just, he just grated on me. And I was talking to my friend on the last day and this, something came out of my mouth and I was shocked. I was like, why did this come out of my mouth? And I said to her, I said, someday that guy's going to make a difference in my life. And I went, why did I just say that? Ooh, Kim. So it was really, it was just, I just remember that moment being like, wow, that's weird. Now, fast forward three years, maybe two, three years. I don't remember how long it was. And everybody in my life is talking to me about Reiki and Reiki, Reiki, Reiki. You should take Reiki. And I'm like, what is this Reiki stuff? Like, what is that? And, um, and then uh, the place where I went to do yoga, because yoga is good for your body. So left brain, I could understand that, right? Um, This place where I took uh, yoga was putting on a Reiki course. So I said, and everybody's telling me, but I'm like, oh, okay, fine. I'll go take this Reiki course, whatever it is. Um, I had also been at the same time, um, because I got married a couple of years earlier, we've been trying to have kids and I realized I was having some infertility issues and some medical issues that were coming up. And so I'm like trying to like, you know, they say stress is one of the things that can, can interfere with fertility. So I was like, I had to do everything to decrease my stress. So that's where the yoga came in as well. And so um, I went into this class, this Reiki class. There's only two students and the teacher. And um, and this guy is there and he starts teaching and talks, starts talking. And I'm just like, who is this guy? Like, what, what, like, and he's talking about all this energy stuff and it didn't make sense to my brain. And then he laid his hands on me. Whoa. Okay. What just happened? Like I relive like childhood events, went through and had these traumas come up. I'm like, what is happening to me? <laughs> what is this? And I didn't understand what was happening. And it was really strange to me. And my left logical brain had a really difficult time being with what is happening here. I could just feel stuff when he put his hands on me. I I just, again, as I said, like this trauma from my childhood came out that I never really thought about before. And, and it was just, it was amazing. I was like, what is this? And then halfway through, like it's a two day class and halfway through the class, I realized he's the guy in my philosophy of medicine class who I hated. And who I said, who I said, this is somebody who's going to make a difference in my life someday. And I was just like, what? Like, it was just, that was my wake up call to there's more to this life than you know. Right. And once I made that connection and he realized who I was, it was just, he was just laughing. Right. Cause he had already done a lot of spiritual growth. Obviously he was a Reiki master and, you know, he had done that. And, and it was just, and it just so, it was so perfect for my wake up call because literally on the Monday after the weekend course, I had a doctor's appointment 
And she was doing a pelvic ultrasound on me. Like the doctor was actually doing the ultrasound on me. And she's like, what have you done? And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, your ovaries are looking like I've got cysts on both ovaries. She's like, your ovaries are looking way better than they have before. So my left logical brain was just like, what is happening? This thing of laying on hands and energy and, and, and here's like a palpable difference that could be measured scientifically that was made in my body. So it's just kind of the universe going, hi, I'm here. Let's work together. You know, and it was, it was kind of the beginning of, I guess, my spiritual journey. And I've actually, I've got a tattoo on my body of the symbol of Reiki, just be, to honor that it was my wake up call. It was my, hello, there's more to this world than you think there is. And, um, and then somehow through there, I found the pagan world. I think I, I read um, Starhawk's Spiral Dance, which is like always a good first book for, for people fighting the pagan world. And I just felt really called to it. And I was a massage therapist at the time. That's what I was doing. And um, so I decided to do a, a ritual all by myself in my in the room that I do massage therapy in. So I had done Reiki. I'd kind of had like, there's, there's energy here. There's something to this other side of the world. And then um, I did my first ritual by myself. And I don't know how to describe, it's one of those things you can't put into words. Like I'm literally doing this ritual by myself and coming home is the only kind of real way I can put those words on it. It was so magical. It was so welcoming. I just felt like the gods, the goddesses were like, oh, hi, you've made it. We've got some work to do. Let's go. And that was just kind of my like kind of introduction to magic. And it's just kind of been a, you know, I've never really looked back. It's just like, what else can I learn? What else can I learn? What else can I learn? Started going to festivals and learning from people and, and learning. I found sex magic and I was like, oh, Ooh, this is really kind of fun. This is two worlds that I can kind of combine. And, you know, with my first husband, I was really kind of scared to bring it up to him. He wasn't, he, my spiritual journey wasn't quite on the same like wavelength as his. And, um, you know, he's, it just wasn't his thing. And so I was really scared to bring it up to him, but he was really lovely and, you know, willing to talk about it and let's try some things. And, um, yeah, I mean, my marriage ultimately broke down for lots of other reasons. But then when I had new partners that were open to it, it was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And so it's just kind of been this growth of how do I combine these two parts of my life? And and I've really always had an issue with um, how do I, like my science brain was very skeptical about all this woo-woo stuff and how do I make those combine? And later in life, I became a midwife. It's another whole long story. Um, but I became a midwife and learned about the physiology in a lot more detail, right? So I went back to school, another four-year degree here in Canada. And um, uh, so I have two science degrees now, right? So my science brain was like, what is all this magic stuff? How do how does that relate? And then I started learning about the neuroscience of labor and delivery and you know, the the dopamine and the the oxytocin and how that works. And then how the pain of labor and delivery actually releases more of those. And then that primes the brain for bonding. And, oh, oh, wait a minute. That also happens during sex. Oh, that's why this is working. And so then I started to really kind of see how those two worlds really collided and how magic can actually be explained through neuroscience and physiology and you know, priming your brain to see things and then take action in those areas that you really want to focus on. And yeah, and so I'm kind of all over the place. So that was 
that was a big part of my life. I also, um, in 2004, started a personal growth uh, workshops. And um, those absolutely transformed my life. I got, I got what transformation actually means. Like, not just change, which is like seeing slow change over time, which is kind of more of the same just over time, but actually seeing transformation where something that was impossible is now possible. And mm-hmm. again, in a, in a, in a different way, not through magic and ritual or anything like that, through looking at myself and who am I? And I really learned what personal integrity really is. And I hated that conversation when they first brought it up, they talked about personal integrity and it was kind of, Oh, now that I'm putting the pieces together, it was it was just like I hated that guy in philosophy of medicine and he's going to make a difference in my life. I hated the conversation of integrity and now it's my entire life. So it was just, re- it's, it's really neat to see that looking back, that pattern I have when I really hate something that really like gets under my skin, that's something for me to lean into as opposed to lean away from. So um, yeah, so integrity, I really got the power of integrity. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, most of us, and I still do, I still do this work, have collapsed integrity and morality, right? So if I'm in integrity, I'm a good person. If I'm out of integrity, I'm a bad person. And that's just kind of where our culture is around integrity. And when you can really like kind of like separate those two into two different worlds, it gives it gives me a lot of power because I can really get that it's not about good, right, wrong, bad. It's about what am I committed to and whether I'm in integrity, so I'm whole around my commitments or not. And that has been, I mean, a 10-year journey now. No, a 20-year journey. Oh, my God, that was 20 years ago. <laughs> Sorry, age. Woo. Um, that's been a 20-year journey of really getting who am I at my core? What am I committing myself to? And are my daily actions in alignment with that or not? Mm. And that's what creates magic in my world. Well, I really love hearing you say that. Are my daily actions in alignment with my integrity? That what I'm committed to. That's powerful stuff. It really is. And it really is when I'm, if there's any friction in my world, if there's any drama in my world, if there's any um, any upheaval in my world, I always look at my integrity. Where am I in integrity? Where am I out of integrity? Not in a right, good, bad not in the morality, but just in the, what am I committed to? Am I in alignment with that or not? And it always comes down to that. And if it just kind of feels like my magic pill, it's like, where am I out of integrity? Where do I need to restore integrity so that I am living in alignment with my commitments, not in alignment with what my feelings are, not in alignment with how I'm like, what the news is that day, not in alignment with what other people think I should or shouldn't be. Who am I? in relation to who I say I am and are mm. my actions in alignment with that? That's my alignment mm. is are my actions in alignment with who I say I am newsflash. Most of the time they're not. <laughs> and that's the struggle of being human, right? Like that's the struggle of, you know, I know I feel better when I meditate on a daily basis. Right. And I've just had this awakening recently um, through one of our other podcast guests, actually, thank you, Megan um, was just that, you know, I had it like meditation should be. I'm on my meditation stool. The candles are lit. I'm listening to a guided meditation and I'm doing that work. And that's my alignment. And because I'm not doing that, I'm out of alignment. And then that I've got all this upheaval and la, 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 la. 
And what I realized is that I can actually meditate in very different ways. Like I have a dog and I walk my dog three times a day and we touch trees when we're on that walk and I connect to the tree and I think about what I'm grateful for. And just getting myself out of the house three times a day to walk my dog is a meditation for me. It's a, it's a, I'm in my body, I'm walking. How's my body feeling today? Oh, I'm having trouble getting back up this hill again. Oh, I got to check my iron levels. Like, it's just like, that's, that's my meditation. And and that's in alignment with my commitments of who I am and being connected in the world. And it doesn't have to look a certain way. So all of us have what we shoulds and shouldn't do's and what society tells us we should and shouldn't do. And to me, that's not being an integrity. Being integrity is what am I committed to? What have I said? I've, what have I given my word that I'm committed to? And how does my life align with that? And what actions do I need to take to be in more in alignment with that? So it really kind of takes the drama, the upheaval and everything kind of out of it and, um, it just allows me to be a lot more clear. So I've got a lot more clarity in my life. So those are kind of the threads. Like, so I've got a healthcare background. Integrity is like everything and how it creates magic. I'm very open sexually. And so that's kind of the world I teach in. So I teach in, um, you know, my business is called the Sacred Sisterhood of Sexuality. And I bring female identified people into the tent, to a red tent and, um, you know, I help people look at what's in their way and what's what's in their way of really exploring their sexuality and and being present to what's possible with their sexual their sexuality and their and their sexual energy. So, um, I really kind of feel like this is a culmination of my entire life, kind of bringing me to this point, which is um, that was a long answer to your question. <laughs> oh, I love I it! Like, I love it! I love it! I feel it. like I've kind of gone all over the place. No, that's exactly. I wanted to see a picture of all the different threads that make you up and you did that well. I want to make a one comment. Um, one of the things I like about the way you discuss integrity, being in alignment with your actions, and the fact that when you check in very frequently, you're not in integrity, and then you have to do the work to get back in. What touches me about this is the idea that as humans, we are profoundly imperfect and that is okay. And that is in fact our normal state. And there is no shame of it in it. There is no shame in that. And that the, by implication, there is no shame in making mistakes. Simply the work is correcting them. The work is getting back into alignment, back into integrity. And I know that for myself, whenever I feel like, oh, I'm bad, this is bad, uh, I'm frozen. But if I look at it as in, oh, I need to do the work to get back into alignment again, <laughs> that's okay. That's doable. So mm. I love that you address that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just really interesting to see because, you know, working so closely with you, you have your 11 practices that you do every day. And you do that. And like, I love that you do that. And I support you in that. And it, I get that it works for you. And I was like really frustrating my, with myself because it wasn't working for me. Like mm -hmm. I... I couldn't set up those practices or if I tried to, then I would fail at them. And then, and then I would just be miserable and I'd go into that right, wrong. You know, I should be more like Sabrina <laughs> as opposed to no, wait, what works for April? What works for me in my life? And how mm -hmm. am I moving forward? And, you know, once I see that I've got a block somewhere, I go to town. Like, I'm like, I won't tolerate it. Like once, because most of the time your blocks are in your blind spots, right? They're in the area right. that you don't know that you don't know. As soon as I know it, I don't tolerate it. I'm not willing to. So like if there's trauma that's come up that needs to be dealt with, what am I doing to deal with this? Like I know you see me in action around that too, right? Like it's just like, okay, I'm going to get a counselor. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to do some magic around it. I'm going to do something. 
um, usually what happens when I speak that I'm committed to that, the universe aligns to make that happen. Like, for instance, I had an issue that I really wanted to deal with and I didn't know how to deal with it. And you and I went to a conference together and the perfect ritual lined up for me to do that work. And I was like, thank you, universe. So that's kind of one of the rewards I like to say of being in my integrity or being in alignment is um, I speak something and it kind of, it's, it feels magical, almost like I speak it and it, the perfect instance arises for me to do that work. So, um, so yeah, I guess that's another part of me that's really kind of important is that I don't tolerate, I don't tolerate mediocrity. Mm -hmm. That's not Mm -hmm. true. I tolerate mediocrity in a lot of areas of my life, but in the areas that are important to me and making a difference and putting myself out there, that's where I won't tolerate it. Like if there's something stopping, if there's something stopping me from being connected to people, absolutely. I will not tolerate that. I will not tolerate having a wall between me and people I love like that. I, I just won't, I will go to town. Let's work on this. What's in my way so that I can be more connected and be more open with people. Um, but yeah, no, I'm definitely human. And there's areas of my life where I do tolerate mediocrity in a lot of areas, but in the areas that are really important to me, making a difference in the world, um, being there for people, being connected with the people I love, I will not tolerate mediocrity in those areas. And, and so th- therefore it gets me into action because one of my favorite sayings is transformation only happens in action. And in the beginning of my personal growth work, it was a lot of insights and a lot of ahas, but it wasn't making a difference. Hmm. It was a lot of that feels good to see that or, oh, I didn't know that about myself. Oh, that's kind of interesting. But nothing stuck. And it was really frustrating. I'm like, why isn't this sticking? Why is my life changing? Why isn't my life transforming? Like, what is going on? And that, that was the piece I was missing. And it's always talked about kind of at the end. Okay, now that you've seen this amazing what's in your way and you've gotten it out of your way, now go take action. And it's always kind of like an add-on at the end. And I want it to be like the main thing because that's the only place where transformation actually happens. Because if you just go through your same actions, doing the same thing you've always done over and over again, you haven't transformed anything. You've just seen something new about yourself, but you actually haven't made the difference. And I've transformed my life so many times. Like I've had multiple different careers as a massage therapist. Then I was a doula. Then I went back to school and became a midwife. Then I'm an entrepreneur and now I've, you know, I've kind of got two jobs right now. I've got one job and and I'm being an entrepreneur as well. And it's about, again, recreating who I am because I need to be in action in order to see those changes in the world to make the difference that I want to make. Beautiful. Because it's it's definitely my motivating factor is making a difference on the planet. I want to know that I've made a difference. I mean, uh, you know, I've told my loved ones that at my funeral, the song I want played is... um. Uh, for good, which is in Wicked, it's a Broadway show, and you know the song is about the two witches who have become best friends and have now fallen apart, and they're you know they're going on their ways, and they just want to say that just because just because I've known you, you know, I hope it's been for good. Like I hope there's been good done because we've known each other, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and really that's what I want my life to be about is is have I made a difference. Have you been in my orbit? Has it made a difference for you? And that's what gets me up in the morning. That's what gets me into action. That's what um, that's what motivates me is, is what's the difference that I, I can make? Not in an ego way, but in a service way, like really being of service. How can I serve more people? How can I how can I listen to more people and and maybe I've got something that's gonna help them? And that is a place when I think you and I are closely aligned. We both are driven in that way, which is good. 
Mm-hmm. You've done a great job of telling me who you are and telling the, the listeners who you are. And you've even addressed some of the overlap between science and magic with some really interesting examples. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to ask what it is that you do for alignment. And then after that, I'd like you to tell me why you wanted to create this podcast. Yeah, I think the alignment I even covered too. For me, it's about integrity, right? So it's like, what am I committed to? What are my commitments? Like, and you can really keep paring those commitments down, right? Like, I remember in one of the personal development courses I took, they actually get you to a point where you actually create yourself and you speak it into this amazing listening of people who are going to hold you to that. And I remembered that day for me, it's like, they just said, don't think about it beforehand, just get up on the stage. And in that moment, when you're there with all of those people who you've gone through all this transformational work with, who are you? And I created myself in that moment as empowerment and joy. And that was 20 years ago. And I really feel like that's who I am. I am empowerment and joy because I said so. (laughs) So, I love it. I love it. So, so for me, it's like, it's kind of a guiding post. Like, is this bringing me closer to or further away from empowerment and joy? Hmm. Mm -hmm. And the empowerment is really empowering people just empowering people, however they need to be empowered, not my version of what they should be, but what do they need? What are they committed to? How do I empower them to step into their commitments? You know, Brene Brown, who I love dearly, also talks about it too, like getting your 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 core two values. And what are those? You know, like what are your core two values that you live, that your life is about because you say so, you know? And she has this whole list and you go through and you go A or B, A or B, A or B, A or B. And then you like actually start putting them off to each other till you break it down and you get to like two. And mine were, I think was empowerment and open-heartedness, which again Mm -hmm. is a kind of part of joy for me too, right? Like just living with an open heart or wholeheartedness. And yeah, so it's like those are like those that's my integrity. So am I in alignment with that or am I not? Hmm. That's that's my and when I'm in that space and I'm standing in who I am because that's who I say I am, then I really feel like the magic just aligns naturally. Like when I'm teaching, when I go to festivals and I teach, you know, like that's where I stand. And people always come out of my workshops going, Oh my God, I feel like I've got so much more power than I had coming in. And I'm like, Yes, I've done a good job. Like they got it, you know? So um yeah, so that's my alignment. And why do I want to create this podcast? Because it's a conversation that I just want to have with more people. And I want more people to hear this conversation. And um, I really want it to be a conversation. I really want our listeners to email us, to leave a voice message, to like get in touch with us so that we can serve better. How can we, how can what we have to offer the world serve you better? So um uh and yeah, and I like the the podcast that we've already recorded, I just, I feel like it's, a, it's, it's magic in the making. Like as we're making it, it feels magical. Just like this conversation feels magical. Like I feel like the magic is happening as we're creating this podcast. And I want to share that with people and I want them to feel that. And I want them to know that what they want in their life is possible. Like what they really want, what, like what they truly really want is possible. And, and it's worth it to go after it because life is short and Let's go. Let's go create lives that really make a difference for yourself and for others. And what a world that would be if we we're all up leveling each other. And like, really, what an amazing world that would be. And I want that world for the next seven generations. My dear, I love you with all my heart mm-hmm. and I'm in complete agreement with you about this. 
Thank you for sharing so much of yourself, including a, a lot of really intimate details. I appreciate that courage very much. And um, I hope that those of you who are listening got a lot out of this and enjoyed it as much as I did because I enjoyed it very much. And as you said when you interviewed me, I learned a lot about you that I didn't know. And we've been really close for a lot of years. So mm-hmm. that is a, an, an unexpected benefit. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, dear April. I appreciate this so much. Mm. Thank you. I Again, I just feel like the magic has happened again. Every time we're in an episode, the magic happens. And I look forward to seeing what people take from this and how they apply it to their world. And um, please let us know because that's what gives us juice too. So I want to know how it makes a difference for you. Beautiful. All right. Until next time, my dears, until next time. Now go and take that magic into your day. If you really liked our podcast and don't want to miss another episode, please subscribe and or follow. This allows others to find us more easily and the magic will be multiplied. And we all want more magic in the world. You can also help others find us by rating us and leaving a stellar review. The Grounded Magic Podcast is powered by Indigo Fires Productions. Sound engineered by Eric Tarot of Tarot Studios. Music composed and performed by Eric Tarot. Online business management by Natalie Gallagher of IOMI Digital. Founded by April Tarot and Sabrina Marie Chase. 